This is because I want to. Hello, and welcome back to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to. I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And welcome back to another week. We're here again. <laughs> we are. We're still it's here. We planned it. <laughs> <laughs> We're still going. Oh, some fucking how. I don't know how. I realized when I posted our last episode that that was season two, episode 12. Yay! We're like doing stuff. And the first season was 17 episodes. So I like can't believe if we were to do the same amount of episodes, we're like towards the end of season two. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, I also, <laughs> it's very arbitrary when we ended season one. Yeah, it's so. kind of like, you want to make a new season? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of us for, like, sticking with something. Yeah, same. Like, I don't know that I've ever done anything in my free time that I've stuck to you like this. I know. I very rarely stick with anything. I had to just buy myself a habit tracker and I think like we talked about last week, I'm going to have to make like a TikTok account that's literally just me being like, did I do all my habits today? Yes or no? Please make a TikTok account. I will follow it. Okay. I mean, I have one now, but I don't really post anything on it. It's like a couple singing things and that's it. You need to um, tell me what your username is so I can follow it because I don't think I'm following you. It is Snydersaurus. Oh, same on Instagram, then. Yes. Which right. is the same. So all our followers can go over to TikTok and follow you there. There's so, there's so much there. Like, there's a video of me singing and my dog. Like, that's, that's it. If you're someone who doesn't personally know us, though, then you can put a face to the name. You can. Uh, exciting stuff. Uh, hopefully I'll start posting things about me trying to do normal things that I should be doing that I'm not doing, like skincare. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what's new with you? You know, I have a giant cyst in my mouth or something uh. that I've just noticed and had like a good 30 minutes today where I was like convinced I had mouth cancer. But I finally, like, got up in a mirror and got it, like, out of my mouth enough to look at, and it's definitely a cyst. I didn't know that you could get – I guess you can get cysts anywhere, but it never occurred to me that you get them in your mouth. Yeah, it's big. I, like, feel it against my teeth. How big is it? I'm going to give it a – it's pretty sizable. So I'm going to give it a couple days, and if it doesn't recede, I'm going to have to go to the dentist. Um – Yeah, I think with, like, cysts, there's not much you can do, right? You have to wait for them to go away or get bad enough that someone has to, like, lance it. Yeah, man. And I'm totally the type of person who would, like, lance it myself because I'm just, you know. Like we talked about, frontier medicine. It's kind of gal I am. Um, I wouldn't do that in your mouth because your mouth has, like, so much bacteria in it and, like, infected. I need some antibiotics. But, yeah. There's that. Um, <laughs> so that's new for you. <laughs> that's great. Well, interesting news. <laughs> um, I had a very stressful situation today that made me cry. And it's not a situation where it should have made me cry. And upon reflection, it definitely shouldn't have made me cry. Mm-hmm. But I went to... So I'm rereading the Horson trilogy, right? For like the millionth fucking time. Um, and so I was reading Lyriel and I left it on the couch and I went to the grocery store and I came back and Moose had fucking eaten it. <gasps> and I had this like, like cataclysmic meltdown about it, which I like screamed at her. But then London doesn't like it when I scream. So London got so scared that she shit and I didn't realize she had shit and I stepped in it. Oh my God. What a clusterfuck of a day. So, yeah. And I just had like such an emotional reaction to it because like that at the time 
I've reflected on it and I realized this is not the case, but I thought it was like my childhood copy of L'Oreal that she had like eaten. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to get this copy again. Mm -hmm. They do still sell that cover on Amazon. So I reordered it. But I also realized an hour later that my original copy of L'Oreal was a hardback, which is still at my parents' house. So Moose, why you gotta be such an asshole? Yo, this is like the third book she's destroyed. And I just... Yeah. It's destroy what you want. Don't touch my books, especially books yeah. that I have attachment to. Books. Like this one. That are beloved and that you are actually currently reading. Yeah. Yeah. Like if she ate one of my Tamora Pierce books from middle school, I would lose mm. my shit because they do not sell them in those covers anymore. And I would have to go trolling on eBay to find them. I get, yeah. I get that, like, on a small scale because one of my favorite childhood books was The Hobbit. And I think my dog or maybe my cat had, like, chewed on it. So, like, the cover was fucked up. And there were, like, teeth marks in it. And I was like, wow, really? This one? Why can't you do a different book? Right? Like, sometimes you're just attached. Well, and I reread a lot. So, like, I'm very yeah. attached. Well, oh, yeah. those books maybe need to be, like, locked up because Moose cannot be trusted. Normally, I'm pretty good. Like, I'm reading a manga that I had the wherewithal to, like, put on my bookshelf before I left the other day. I don't know why I didn't have the wherewithal to put this one on my bookshelf. Just, I don't know. I'm having a very ADD day. You just, like, don't, or, like, that's not something you would necessarily think about. And if you have other stuff going on in your brain, you know, that's not real estate in your brain that seems important. Yeah. I mean, normally I'm so used to Moose, like, destroying shit that, like, I do typically do, like, a cursory, like, walk through the downstairs of my house <laughs> before I leave where I'm like, is anything out that she's going to eat? Because um, with, like, shoes, it's, like, a 50-50 chance that she'll eat uh-huh. them. Um, but no, today I've just been like super ADD. Like I was like, I'm very scattered today. Yeah. Well, and with Bean, I feel like I'm pretty lucky in that he never destroys anything. Like you can leave anything out and he's fine. Well, with Fiverr, I don't know if he'll be the same way. So we shall see. Yeah, man. Luckily Fiverr is small. So like he can't get like on top of things. He's so small and he, but now he, I think, weighs the same or more than Bean. And he's very bulky. He's very bulky. I think he has some bulldog in him from like the way his legs are. You know, they like jut out to the side mm-hmm. like bulldogs do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can like jump out of his crate. Like the top of it unzips. It's like canvas and he can mm-hmm. jump out of the top of it now. Oh, that was, like, when I realized that Moose could, like, climb shit when she was a puppy. <laughs> and so I had to get, like, this, like, fucking, like, six, seven foot, like, fence for inside my house. Like, <laughs> like the first year I had her. Your animals, all of them other than London, really are there to, like, test you and make you keep your house, like, in this very specific way. Oh, I literally think, so, like, if you don't know me, which some of you obviously do, because, like, five people fucking listen to us, but... That's not um, true. There are some, like, strangers, so if you're one of those strangers, (laughs) hello, and also know that as a teenager, I was possibly the most disgusting person alive. (laughs) Like, my bedroom as a child got so disgusting that the cat just started shitting in it, like it was a litter box, because I was so disgusting. And then slowly the universe started sending me things that would make this impossible. So I got a cat that pees mm-hmm. on anything. Anything. So no longer could I leave things on the floor. No longer could I no long, like not make my bed. He would pee on it. And then I was sent a dog that <laughs> will eat anything you leave out. So now my house is fucking perpetually pristine. And yeah, the universe just fixed it for me. See, Bartleby and Moose, they're, you know... Pushing you as a person. Developing your character. I think the universe sends you what you need. London Mm -hmm. was my depression dog. These were my keep things clean dogs. Who knows what I'll get next? 
I mean, my hamster hasn't solved fucking anything, but, you know. <laughs> Snickerdoodle's just vibing. She's there to just, you know, bring smiles to your face. She really does. Like, I sit, you know what? Maybe the universe knew that the pandemic was going to happen. And mm-hmm. so it sent me my hamster to look at when I had to sit in this desk every day, five hours a day. Yeah. And just have something to smile at. It's like, um, I got this little, like, shrimp bulb it's like this little glass bulb with like it's like a contained ecosystem with like little shrimp in there and like moss or whatever and I oh keep yeah it you on, snapped it to me yeah, yeah i keep it on my desk at work and it's just really nice because when i'm bored i like look at them and i'm like oh what you doing yeah. i kind of hope they have babies but that has not happened i have thought about getting a fish at work mm-hmm. i think it's like really fun having a desk pet Mm-hmm. I have a lot of plants at work. Like, I have a pothos plant that has just fucking taken over my desk at work to the point where the other social studies teacher has started calling me poison ivy because it's just <laughs> literally everywhere. I need and to I get like one to of those. I add a fish to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the best. You should get a fish. I feel like you would like having a fish. Maybe. I think it would depend... On, cause like some of them you have to have like a really elaborate setup, and I'm not about that. Get a beta, get a beta fish. Mm-hmm. You can get like the partner to Steve. Is Steve your beta? Yeah, man. <laughs> Steven. You've had your beta a long time, I think. Well, this is Steven Mark II. I had <laughs> another one named Steven, um, and he died. But I have had this version of Steven for quite some time. <laughs> this version of Steven. <laughs> the updated version. <laughs> but you should get one. I love him. He's so cute. I think about it. Maybe once, like, Fiber is kind of settled in and we have our routine, which he's getting, like, better. He's not biting as much. I think he's mellowing out, like, a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Although we've started going to puppy kindergarten and I took him there this week and the um, like trainer like came up to him at the beginning of the class and he like growled at her. Uh Oh, and at the end of the class, she was like, you know, with him, that just might be who he is. That might be his breed. Mm hmm. But I feel like you can no matter like what breed you are you can train dogs and you can socialize them and that's not necessarily who they are for sure i think like some dogs are you know just like people are like predisposed to be like a certain way like moose is who she is and like she's gotten a lot better like she's definitely not how she was when she was a puppy but like I don't know. I think a lot of it comes down to, like, as an owner, too, like, advocating for your dog. Mm-hmm. Like, so when people want to pet Moose, I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you can pet the other one. Like, um, I don't think he'll ever be a dog who loves strangers. And if a stranger comes mm-hmm. up and tries to pet him, he won't be about that. But I don't think he'll necessarily be, like, mean. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, like, I mean, honestly, it's kind of preferable to having a dog, like, that when they're with you are, like, protective. So how was your week? My week was good. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I found a new podcast that I'm, like, obsessed with called You're Wrong About. Oh. And so it's these, like, two friends who just talk about... It's a lot of, like, pop culture stuff that has happened in the past and, like, the misconceptions around them. But what I really like about it is it's hard for me to find a podcast where I enjoy the flow of the conversation and the personalities of the people. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of podcasts, like, I know last podcast on the left is, like, really popular, but I can't stand those men. And they're, like, constantly talking over each other and, like... It's mm-hmm. hard, you know, for me to, like, vibe with the feeling. But with this podcast, they both are, like, you know, kind of have, like, a dry humor. And they're funny without really trying that hard. They don't laugh too hard at unfunny jokes, which is, like, a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can get down with that. So, like, give me an example of something they, like, 
corrected. Okay, so this series, well, I've been kind of obsessed with two series. The first was one about, like, O.J. Simpson and Nicole Brown Mm -hmm. and, like, that whole deal. And they're still doing it. They'll take this story and talk about it for, like, many, many episodes because they go into this, like, detail. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one I'm listening to right now is about Princess Di. Okay. Which... Have we talked like about weird, that? I had like a weird <laughs> mental premonition that that's what you were going to say. Really? I, you and I have talked before about how we're linked psychically, so I'm sure you did. It was weird. I was like almost mouthed it as you were saying it. But they're doing this series oh. about like Princess Di, and I think it's like especially topical with um, Prince, um, oh my God, Philip. Philip. Prince Philip dying, what, like, yesterday? Yeah. Or they announced it yesterday. I don't know if he actually died yesterday, but... Uh-huh. So it's just been, like, really interesting. And what I one of the main things I've kind of gathered from it is that the members of the royal family are not, like, normal people. How could they be? Like, they grow up in this institution where everything's so detached and cold Mm -hmm. that I think to go into it, they're like robots. Like they're not like you and me. No. And they don't realize how how different they are. Yeah. Like, I mean, like legit, how could you grow up in that and be normal? Yeah. Like there's this one story they talk about with Queen Elizabeth when she was like, her kids were younger and she went on some tour and then she came back home. And when she was like reuniting with like her, one of her young children, she like shook his hand, which I think just, I think that just shows like what that, what that family dynamic is like. So it's been like really interesting. Hmm. I'll have to look it up. I don't listen to very many, I realize, like, conversational podcasts, which I think is funny since we have a conversational podcast. Yeah. Um, But most of the stuff I listen to is just one person. Mm -hmm. I don't either. Like, for those reasons I mentioned before, it's hard to find, like, a vibe that I enjoy listening to. But I Mm -hmm. like both of them. But, yeah, it's been – I don't know. I've learned a lot about, like, Princess Di and how she had, like – I didn't know that she had, like, attempted suicide multiple times and she, like, was bulimic and she'd self-harmed and, like, all this crazy shit. I think it's why Prince Harry was so, like, intense about Meghan when Meghan was, like, Mm -hmm. saying all that stuff and he was like, we're out. Yeah. They're like, deuces, we're out. Like, I am not, you know, perpetuating this cycle or reliving, making my Mm -hmm. son... Like, relive what happened or live what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's been my revelation right. this week. Nice. How's been work? Work's fine. You know, work's work. <laughs> How do we feel about it? Yeah. <laughs> it exists. I go there. I leave. Yeah. Mm. I, I have a job now where I don't really have anything interesting to talk about. So, you know. Uh, yeah. Well... Should we talk about our topic? Let's. So we're talking about historical disasters, whether that be natural or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I think we each have two. Yes. All right. Do we remember who went first last time? I don't even know. What are we talking about I don't last even know musicals? what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> talked about musicals i don't think anybody went first last week last week was like a hodgepodge <laughs> of whatever like random all right well do you want to go first okay so my first one has been called the worst time in history to be alive according to science does it match up with one from my list where i said i would die during that time period no. Oh, interesting. All right. Hit me with it. I'm sure you know about this. I think I'd heard about it, but didn't know that much about it. But I got my information from an article called What I Just Said on History.com and then a Wikipedia page. 
And it is the extreme events of the year 536 AD. I didn't. <laughs> Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess in the year 536 AD, something happened. Now we think it was a volcanic eruption. We're not sure where mm-hmm. in the world. People think it was like Iceland or South America or maybe somewhere in Papua New Guinea. But likely a volcano erupted and it sent all this ash up into the atmosphere and it threw the world into a volcanic winter that lasted for 18 months. That happened fairly recently in like the 1800s in, I think, Indonesia. Oh, I didn't know that. I came across it in my researching, but I didn't read that much about it. Continue. Okay. So, this volcanic eruption caused this huge dust veil that caused the most severe events of short-term cooling in the Northern Hemisphere in the last 2,000 years. Um, So, there was, it was called like a winter, the year without a summer, there were crop failures, there was worldwide famine, And I guess the sun didn't really shine the way it's supposed to shine for like a year to a year and a half. I just, if you were alive in like 536, whatever, and you didn't know that it was a volcano, wouldn't you think the gods had just been like, well, fuck you? Um, absolutely. So... There was, I guess, like the documentation during this time, there was this Byzantine historian named Procopius in 536. Hold on, let me find a quote of his. I'm trying to find what he said about it. Um, He said... (laughs) Go ahead. Wasn't the Justinian plague like right around this time too? Yes, I'm going to get to that. Okay. So Procopius said that during this year, a a most dread portent took place for the sun gave forth its light without brightness. And it seemed exceedingly like the sun in eclipse for the beams it shed were not clear. And I guess like the sun looked kind of bluish and it almost looked like the moon in the sky. Like you could see it, but it wasn't like bright. Um, And that like even at noontime, you didn't have a shadow. Ooh. And in 538, the Roman statesman Cassiodorus also stated that the light of the sun was weak and that crops had failed. And over in Ireland, the Gaelic Irish annals, I'm not sure what those are, some kind of documentation, they recorded that in the years 536 to 539, there was a failure of bread and there were low temperatures, like 30 to 40 degrees lower than they should have been, which is a lot. That's a a lot. So if like your summer is normally 80 degrees, imagine it's 40 degrees. Yeah. It's like literally winter. That does not like, especially in Northern countries, that's not what you want. And in China, they recorded that there was snow in the summer. And in other places, there was a dense dry fog in the Middle East, China, and Europe. And there was a drought in Peru. So it affected like the whole world. Mm-hmm. So I guess like with all the recordings of what happened modern day people were like, oh, whatever, like old people from the past, like are dramatic and they probably thought it was the end of the world, but it wasn't that bad or whatever. But in the nineties, scientists were like investigating tree rings and they saw that in Ireland in the year 536, like trees stopped growing. I just, (laughs) just, they're like, I think the description of the time you would not want to be alive is accurate. Yeah. Like trees stopped growing and they also took like ice core samples from Iceland. And they found that in that year, there's, there are all these like sulfur deposits, which is 
you know, aligns with the theory that a volcano erupted. All right. Really, uh, stress is how much we need the fucking sun. Also, isn't it like kind of crazy that you can take these ice samples, these ice core samples, and you can literally look at what happened a thousand years ago? Yeah, I mean, and that's like tree rings, like nature records itself. Mm-hmm. It also is like kind of wild to me that people, modern people, looked at these historical accounts and they're like, oh, whatever. Like, it's just old people being old people. Like, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. <laughs> we all the same, y'all. Like, <laughs> we all the same. Like, we haven't come that far. Like, calm down. And how scary is the idea of a volcanic winter? Like a volcano explodes and then you're in winter for 18 months. I would put this like on the scale of early settlers seeing tornadoes and like not understanding, like having no concept of what that is. Like, yeah, no, like just ash spreading across the sky to cover up the sun. Yeah. And I think it just, I don't know. I think we look back on the past and we think that, And we've talked about this before. We think that people in history were, like, dumb. And I don't think they were. No. No, 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 no. Like. They just, (laughs) they did what they did with, like, what they had available to them. Yeah. Like, if all these people in different places and different continents, like, documented this, like, why would you be like, oh, it wasn't, I don't know. They're all, like, crazy or whatever. Did the vampires come out? (laughs) because that's the plot of the show van helsing is it (laughs) it is a volcano goes off and it like blocks out the sun oh my scary! (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that just made it like 10 times scarier maybe they did because all this happened in 536 and guess what happened five years later the plague The first bubonic plague. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess like after this volcanic winter, there were more eruptions in 540 and 547. And in 541, the first plague happened. So the whole world was just like really fucked up and it like affected all the global climate patterns. And like I said before, there was like drought and it affected um, like civil unrest. Like it talked about this culture in Peru. It really like caused their downfall. And people think that um, Ragnarok, like the myth of Ragnarok, was like based on this event. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Like end times. Yeah. So, yeah, it like fucked people over for a long time. And let me find that quote where we're talking about the plague of Justinian. I don't know what the plague of Justinian is, though. What is that? It's the bubonic plague is the first instance of the bubonic plague. The Justinian plague. And for reference for people at home, when we say the plague, it is the same thing as the Black Death. Like, the Black Death is the name of the event where the plague took over Europe. It took me a long time to realize that the plague is literally the name of the disease. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it seems not scientific They could have given it a better name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because also you can be like, a plague and there can be a plague but it's not the plague right you hear about like the seven plagues of you know Mm -hmm. egypt or whatever so it doesn't seem like that's its name but according to this wikipedia article on this year it says a book written by david keys speculates that the climate changes contributed to various developments such as the emergence of the plague of justinian the decline of the avars the migration of Mongolian tribes towards the West, the end of the Sassanid Empire, the collapse of the Gupta Empire, the rise of Islam, the expansion of Turkic tribes, and the fall of Teotihuacan, which is in Mesoamerica, which I guess some of those claims are disputed, but this, I think the takeaway is that it had a really big fucking impact on the world. Yeah, man. I think... We don't give enough credit to the havoc that volcanic eruptions can cause. Like, don't they think a volcanic eruption is probably what caused a lot of the plagues of Egypt? I don't know. Is that true? But like, I've I heard that somewhere. I don't know how true it is, but they think that could be what caused a lot of it. 
I wouldn't be surprised because it's like a cause and effect thing where like maybe your volcano goes off and then the crops fail and then all the locusts, locusts like swarm in and then like disease mm-hmm. happens. So yeah, I don't know. Nature man. So yeah. let you know. All right. Well, would you like to hear about a flood? I would. Is it the Let Yellow River you, flood? It's um, it is one from 1930. Okay. So this is the China floods from 1931, also known as the Yangtze Huai, Yangtze Huai River floods. Okay, tell me all about it. Okay, so this deals with drought. All of these seem to deal with fucking drought. Drought is bad. <laughs> drought is bad. <laughs> my, my other one talks about drought too. Um, so from 1928 to 1930, there was a really big drought in China. Super intense. And then in 1930, they had a really, really intense winter. So they had a fuck ton of snow, a fuck ton of ice. And when spring came, all of a sudden there was really intense rain. Mm-hmm. So they had all of this snow and ice melting, which was feeding the rivers. And then they had all this intense rain that was also feeding the rivers, which leads to flooding. Also during this time, they had a ton of above average cyclones. Like normally they get, I think on average, like two a year and they'd had nine that year. So it was just like, (laughs) yeah, it just like fucking kept coming. Um, So there wasn't really a chance for the rivers to level out. Like they just kept getting fed and fed and fed and fed. Um, So the floods inundated. Oh, and this is all from Wikipedia, by the way. Uh Roughly about 69,000 square miles of land (laughs) so that means inundated like they just flooded that much land yeah okay so that would be an area equivalent to england and half of scotland my god (laughs) the states of new york new jersey and connecticut combined oh my god so yeah keeping in mind china yes very large place this is a large flood. Like, China floods a lot. The Yellow River, like you said, it floods a lot. Uh-huh. This is a big flood. This, I think, is the biggest on record as far as, like, loss of life. Wow. Um, so the high water mark was recorded on August 19th in Wuhan, <laughs> freaking Wuhan, mm-hmm. um, at about 53 feet above average. <laughs> wow. So it was really high. Uh, so most of the death that happened from this wasn't from, like, drowning. Like, there was a lot of death from drowning. But most of it was after effects from the flooding. So they think about 150,000 people drowned, roughly. <gasps> That's yeah. so many people. <laughs> yeah. Not all at once, but, like, within the scope of the event. Oh, and they my think God up to and i saw a lot of numbers in this wheelhouse it's probably hard to quantify this number um but up to four million people dead from the after effects of it and there were 25 to 53 million people affected by it so lots of people um most of the death came from like starvation and disease from the flooding not from the drowning like i said Uh So the flood destroyed housing, farmland. Um, Throughout the Yangtze Valley, about 15% of the wheat and rice crops were destroyed, um, with the proportion being higher in super affected areas. With that, obviously, you get, like, economic shock as, Uh like, commodities go up. Um, And basically, it all rolls downhill into famine. Yeah. Famine. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, Wikipedia said, and I did click through the link to make sure this came from, like, a reputable source, and it did. Um, but basically what happened is people started eating, like, tree bark and weeds and earth. People had to, like, sell their children, which you saw also in, like, the Depression in America. Uh, some people resorted to cannibalism. Um, but the most intense thing that happened was disease. Obviously, You know, I know, lots of water that just chills in one place is never good. No, it's not. Never good. So a lot of cholera, measles, malaria, dysentery, and one I'd never heard of. Let me see if I can say it. Schizosomiasis, which I looked up because I was like, I don't know what that is. Also known as snail fever. 
which oh, lovely. No. <laughs> Uh, is caused by parasitic flatworms. And the picture that accompanied it was a very, very distended stomach. So I don't really want to think about what it does too much. Um, But basically... I interrupt you for a second and say that with like snails and slugs, ever since I learned about, I forget the name of it, the parasite that they can carry. And if you handle them... And you get infected, it goes to your brain, and you're a dead person. Basically, I can't with snails and slugs ever. I didn't, I didn't know about that, and I've definitely touched a slug before. <laughs> I need to look up what the name of it is, and not all of them carry it. But I've like come across TikToks. Is it snail fever? I don't know. It has like some. Maybe it is, but it has some like scientific name. It's a parasite. And if you handle it... Schizosomiasis? It could be. Maybe. I have to look it up. But, like, if you handle it and you, like, touch, like, your mouth or whatever, it goes to your brain and you're fucking dead. Like, there's no cure for it. But I, like, came across this TikTok of, like, supposedly cute snails doing stuff. And I can't. I can't think they're cute anymore. (laughs) They're so gross. (laughs) Uh, They're weird. Yeah. Like, what's they're the like, ecological purpose of, like, a slug? They're little, I can't, what, they're, like, gross little antennae? See, I think they're kind of cute when you, like, zoom in no, on their little faces. They're not. But <laughs> now I think they're less cute. Don't, don't handle them. It's just bad Now that news. I know they're trying to kill me. Yeah, you just never know. All right. Aside, finished, continue. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty much done. I didn't read too much about how this was handled because I just didn't. And like I said, I was having an ADD day. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it was really bad. And it happens not to this degree, but like flooding in China is a big problem. Yeah. It happens a lot. Like America has their tornadoes and their hurricanes. China has flooding. I wonder, I mean, I don't know enough about it, but I wonder if there's just, like, lots of valleys and, like, people congregate around, like, rivers and valleys. And if, like Mm -hmm. you said, there's an extreme season, it's so, it Mm -hmm. can be so unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wuhan seemed to be, like, really got fucked by this, which I was like, freaking Wuhan, man. Yeah. For a place I'd never heard of before. Really been coming up a lot in recent years. Oh my god, I know. Alright, yeah, well. That's the 1931 floods. My second event is also a flood. Yay! <laughs> Hit me with your flood knowledge. So, this episode's like the flood episode where we talk about how scary <laughs> floods are. This is brought to you by floods <laughs> which i think is an ecological and natural disaster that people don't think about too much i know like just the other week we had a bunch of rain here and this obviously isn't like a natural disaster but it was flooding like my neighborhood and it was like coming into the garage and i was like oh my god like what do i do water is destructive as fuck it is the most destructive yeah. force on earth and mm-hmm. people don't give water enough credit. This is why I'm scared of tsunamis. It's scary. Speaking of tsunamis. Oh, no. Is this from a tsunami? This isn't technically a tsunami, but it had the force of a tsunami. So. Ooh. Freak me, me out. Let's go. Let me set the scene. Imagine you are <laughs> <Tell> in. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Spin me a tail, a weaver. All right, so you are just a working class, normal person, and you live in central Pennsylvania. <gasps> I know what you're talking about. <gasps> I, I know what you're talking about. about. The Johnstown Ooh, flood. Yeah, man. There's a whole book about this. It's really? good. Anyway, continue. Well, I'm, if you know stuff, feel free to interject because I was looking up stuff and I think I had heard about this in passing, but I didn't know that much about it. But I picked it because it's like close to home. It's in central Pennsylvania. And you wouldn't think about a tsunami like flood happening there. It's like fucking crazy. So this was in 1889, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And 
I got my information from Wikipedia, obviously, and then an article from History.com called Deadliest National Disasters in U.S. History. So there was this dam in central Pennsylvania. Dam. You were going to say, so there was this flood. There was this (laughs) dam. Let's talk about the dam for a minute. Okay. Sorry. My screwdriver's hitting. (laughs) The dam was at this like really fancy club that I guess Andrew Carnegie was a member of. That motherfucker. I know. So there was this dam and there was like all this rain that had happened and the waters rose to this like really dangerous level and they didn't, I guess, maintain it enough because they, I guess, wanted fish in the water. So I assume the rich people could like fish or something. Of course. Okay. So there's like all this stupid. (laughs) I know. It's fucking stupid. So this, okay, this area, they had this crazy storm with six to 10 inches of rainfall in 24 hours. And at this dam, these like this club, the engineer at the club was like monitoring it. And he was like, oh my God, the dam's like getting out of control. And they tried to like, dig little canals to like relieve the dam. They tried all this other stuff and they're like, this isn't working. This dam's going to go. And they tried to send a message to these towns that were down river, which never got delivered because. Wasn't there a (laughs) dam breakage like this in California? I don't know. I think there was in like the thirties, like twenties or thirties. Anyway, continue on. We never learn, do we? (laughs) We don't. Like, maybe don't damn natural resources. Like, maybe Mother Nature fucking will fight back. I know. So, anyway. they, like, try to send a telegram to, like, warn these towns downriver that this dam was, like, gonna break. But the message didn't get through. I guess they sent some dude to send it instead of themselves. I don't really know. They Paul revered it. <laughs> yeah, they Paul revered it, except their Paul Revere sucked and like never relayed the message. And uh, I guess like in this area, it's prone to flooding anyway. So they're like kind of used to it. And they're like, oh, they always say the dam's going to break and the dam never breaks. So it's whatever. But this time the dam fucking broke. And it was like a shit ton of water. (laughs) Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. So imagine by the time it gets to Johnstown, like a couple miles downriver. I'm imagining I'm a citizen of Johnstown. Imagine. You don't know what's happening. You're like out on your porch. It's the afternoon. You're just chilling. I'm churning butter. You're churning butter. Do people Maybe. still churn butter in the late 1800s? Probably. Sure. Why not? Yeah, you're churning butter. The kids are playing. It's whatever. And then you see <laughs> <laughs> a 40-foot high, tall no! wave that's half a mile wide. Half a mile wide. 40 feet tall. It's come to life. Tsunami from my nightmares. Oh my god. One person described it. He said from a distance, it looked like a huge hill rolling over and over with all the debris in it by the time it got to Johnstown. Oh yeah. Because it would take everything with it. Oh my god. So, the dam breaks, all this water rushes through, and I guess the first town it comes to is a mile away. It's called Mineral Point. It's a really small town. There's one street. 30 family lives on it. 30 families live on it. But, you know, they're like at the, you know, kind of relatively high up and they see it coming. So most people can kind of run to like higher hills and they watch it sweep past them. But the water sweeps away everything like the houses, the topsoil, the subsoil so that only bedrock is left behind. Damn, I don't even have, like, a concept of what that would look like. Me neither. Scary. (laughs) 
So, Mineral Point, 16 people died there. Okay. So, the water keeps going on. It gets to a town called East Konama. And um, there's this guy, this engineer in a locomotive, which is a train, I guess. They kept calling it a locomotive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I didn't just say train. (laughs) That's my favorite thing you've ever said. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Why call it a locomotive when it's a train, though? (laughs) Right? Am I wrong? kept saying locomotive (laughs) (laughs) oh no does a locomotive imply that it's powered by steam i don't know i mean we can answer this question i'm in front of a computer like (laughs) yeah why don't you look it up real quick a powered rail vehicle used for pulling trains okay so it's kind of like a train. So it's the thing at the front of a train. I always thought a locomotive was a train. No, it pulls the train, apparently. Oh. It's the thing at the front of a train. All so right. here we are, mocking these people <laughs> for their language, where they're just trying to be accurate. <laughs> We're the uninformed ones. <laughs> okay. So this dude, John Hess, was in this locomotive not a train but kind of like a train and he i guess like saw this tsunami coming and he like put it in reverse and was like laying on the whistle like the train whistle and Uh was like Uh and so (laughs) you're really painting the picture for me i really like it so because of him he was able to like warn all these people and they were able to like leave their houses and get to higher land he survives, but 50 people died. But I, they think that he saved a bunch of people because he, like, gave the warning, the alarm. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, wait, at some point, I forget where. At some point, the water gets to this, like, stone bridge with an arch. And uh-huh. all the debris gets, like, caught in the arch. And it acts as like a kind of dam for a little bit. So it kind of stops it. But then eventually the water like pushes through. And I guess what happened is that it built up more speed and momentum. So it's like more powerful now. Yeah. No. It got like funneled. Yeah, exactly. And I guess I was reading that now people have done like the science to determine that it had the power of the Mississippi River at its delta. Which is like crazy. No. That's not what you want. Okay. So this water has gone through Mineral Point. It's gone through East Covina. And it's made its way to Johnstown now, where this is the point where it's going at 40 miles per hour. At some places, it's 60 feet high. And I can't even (laughs) imagine 60 feet of water. I know. And it's gone through, I guess there was like an ironworks factory. So it's picked up like all this barbed wire and all this debris. That's the scariest thing about like a tsunami situation. It's like all the shit it picks up on the way that it's going to kill you with. I know. And like, remember, these people like had no fucking idea. And it's 1889. So even... Like, by the time it's gone through Mineral Point, like, there's no social media to, like, warn people about what's happening. So you're just chilling. You're chilling. You're, you're like, churning your butter. And then this, like, thing is coming to you. And it's, like, this act of God. So it wipes through Johnstown. And at the time, this is the largest civilian disaster until the 1900 hurricane in Galveston, Texas, and 9-11. So, it in total, this flood has destroyed 1,600 homes and 2,208 people died. Man. Two things as a takeaway. One, it sucked. Sucked a big one. Mm-hmm. Two, 
America has really been spared a lot of disaster, haven't we? Yeah. Like, we haven't had that much. I know we haven't been around that long to have that much mm-hmm. disaster, but, like... Well, huh. and this one was also, like, you know, the... I don't want to say, like, the fault of man, but, like, you know, all the people involved didn't, you know, mitigate matters or they didn't, you know, help in trying to, like, track what was happening with the water and the dam. I feel like that's always how it goes. Uh-huh. Hubris. So, Man's hubris. Hubris. It's always hubris. So in the end, this flood caused 170,000 pound locomotives to be moved 4,800 feet from the tracks. It caused 2,208 people to die. And... Bodies were recovered as far away as Cincinnati, Ohio, which is 350 miles away. I don't, I don't like that. Isn't that wild? I don't like that at all. Do you think they got like shoved into like a river and then the river took them that far? I don't know, but it said like Cincinnati, Ohio, and that they were reco- recovering remains as late as 1911, 22 years later. That's how the one in California was, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't want podcast. I listened to it. I think it might have been my favorite murder, but they talked about it and it was eerily similar to this. Yeah. And um, it caused $17 million in damage, which is the equivalent of $484 million today. And the last thing I want to leave off is that Clara Barton with the Red Cross helped with the relief efforts afterwards, which I thought was interesting. Can I just say, as somebody who teaches history, Clara Barton was like a solid human being. Like, <laughs> let me just tell you. Clara like, Barton was a solid human being. That should be our tagline for this episode. <laughs> well, here's the thing. There were like two Clara Bartons. There was Dorothea Dix and Clara Barton. And they did a lot of similar things. But Dorothea Dix was kind of a bitch. And Clara Barton was not. And it shouldn't matter. They both did, like, really good things. But, like, Clara Barton, man. How was Dorothea Dix a bitch? Dorothea Dix was so... They were both, like, Civil War nurses, right? Uh Uh, But Dorothea Dix wouldn't let pretty girls work for her because she thought it would distract soldiers. Who, you know, were fucking dying from, like, gangrene. that's what they need is pretty girls. Yeah. I think she had a complex... But either way, Dorothea uh-huh. Dix did some, like, awesome things. She did a lot of prison reform. She did a lot of work with, like, mental health and, like, working on making asylums better. I'm talking with my eyes closed. That's how I know I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Clara Barton. Solid. Also, if you want to learn more about the Johnstown Flood, David McCullough, king of American history books, wrote a book about it. Ooh, I was looking it up. I looked up where it was, and there's like a Johnstown Flood Museum too. So I'd be down to go there. Right? Like if I was in the area, I would totally go there for a day trip. Road trip. Road trip. One other thing I want to say to wrap this up is that originally the death count was at 2,209 people, but one of the people they thought was dead, like. I guess came out years later and was like, you know, from Monty Python, like, I'm not dead yet. He was like, I came out, (laughs) I pulled myself out of the debris and like started a new life. So yeah, I'm still here, Uh (laughs) y'all. I'm not dead. (laughs) Not quite yet. Well, I enjoyed that. I liked it. All right. Do you want to hear about an epidemic? Always. I always want to hear about that. Let me tell you about the, wait, let's see if I can say this, Kukulitsli epidemic, or the Great Pestilence. Ooh, okay. So, this occurred in present-day Mexico, at the time, New Spain, in the 16th century. For those of you that are bad with that, that's the 1500s. <laughs> um, so, this, the word... Kokolitsli comes from the Nahuatl word, Nahuatl, I think I'm saying that right, word for pest or disease, so makes sense. Um, and there have been roughly 12 different pan- epidemics or pandemics probably from this. 
um, whatever caused this disease. They're not sure. But whatever it was, it's occurred multiple times. Uh, the biggest ones being in 1520, 1545, 1576, 1736, and 1813. That's a lot of times. Yeah, this motherfucker, she, she be coming back. Um, so this usually occurred within two major, two years of a major drought. Um, there was some other disease that I'm not going to get into that tended to occur within two years of a rainy season. So they Ooh. kind of, you know, went back and forth. Um, there's been some debate over whether this affected indigenous people more than the Spanish, though it seems that was probably like a lot of propaganda from the time period. Wait, where are we? We're in Mexico. We're in okay. Mexico. Okay. Um, so it's likely that that's probably not the case. Either it was like propaganda or it was other mitigating factors that caused that to happen. So in the outbreak of 1545, which was really bad, um, by that point, the Spanish were in Mexico doing their fucking colonization thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and so most of the Aztec had been forced onto reducciones, which are like like a colony farm kind of situation. By the Spanish. So they were pretty crammed in there. Like a reservation, kind of. Kind of. So they were forced to do um, large-scale farming, which they hadn't really done in the past. Prior to this, if I'm remembering correctly, the Aztecs did this really cool island water farming thing. Mm. So they had not farmed like the Spanish wanted them to. Um, So they're crammed together. They're crammed together with pack animals, which is not a thing in South America. Literally, the only pack animal South America has are, like, llamas and alpacas. That's it. So um, there was also a lack of water, which probably fucked with sanitary conditions. Um, And they think because of the drought and then having, like, intermittent rain, it increased the mice and rat population. And also, South America... Not a lot of experience with zoonotic diseases because, again, they don't really have pack animals. Like, they haven't farmed animals like they have in the uh, eastern portion of the world. So, it was a whole thing. So, basically, this sickness, let's talk about it. We still don't really know what it's from. We have a lot of guesses, but we don't really know. Um, According to Francisco Hernandez de Toledo who was a physician who witnessed the outbreak in 1576. Uh, The symptoms, there were a lot of them, Uh, high fever, severe headache, vertigo, black tongue, dark urine, dysentery, severe abdominal and chest pain, head and neck nodules, neurologic disorders, jaundice, and profuse bleeding from the nose. Yes, this is a hemorrhagic disease. You know, it's mm. bad when your symptoms are like whole other diseases like dysentery. <laughs> yeah. Like I literally, from the description, it just seemed like your body was like, nope. Oh, <laughs> that God. was it. Like literally every system is like fucked up. Yeah. So death frequently occurred within like three to four days. It was pretty quick. Whoa. Yeah. From starting um, to feel sick. Yeah. That's like fast. It was. It will, it will take oh you my out. god. Okay. So some describe the afflicted during this time period as having spotted skin and gastrointestinal hemorrhaging. So you're like shitting blood, um, bleedings from the eyes, mouths, and vagina. Mm. Uh, so again, hemorrhagic fever. Um, the onset was often rapid without anything that would hint to you that you were sick until you just were sick. Oh my god. Um, and it was characterized by an extremely high level of virulence. So, like I said, you typically died within the week if you got it. Um, basically, because it's so virulent and you died so quickly, it's really hard archaeologically to figure out if people died from it because that's not enough time to leave evidence on the body. Uh-huh. Because when you're archaeologically looking for things, you have to look for like evidence in the bone. So, like, lesions or things like that. And this was so quick that you don't really have that. So, it's really hard for us to figure out, like, death toll, how many people were affected by it. You have to go more off the records than you can off the bodies. Uh-huh. Um, so, there have been estimations. Again, hard to say. Um, so, for the outbreak from 1545 to 1548... 
Um, it's mostly talks about the Aztec populations and less about the Spanish, which again, propaganda is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they think around 800,000 people died in the Valley of Mexico. <gasps> yeah. Uh, so there's like widespread abandonment of a lot of indigenous sites during this area shortly after this four-year period. I saw some things in the article, this is from Wikipedia, that talked about maybe that was why other civilizations that we can't figure out why they just so like abruptly ended in South America. Maybe this was from that. But Uh then some other things were like, no, we don't think that's what it was. We think that was climate change. So unclear. Um, But they think if you add up all the human lives lost from this disease in those breadth of time frame I talked about, probably 5 to 15 million people. It's like the plague, but in... yeah. It was a plague. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the plague, but it was a plague. Uh Uh-huh. So I was reading about what they think it was. And, like, there has been a lot of recent stuff talking about it being a strain of salmonella. But Hmm. then some people being like, no, like, the descriptions of it don't match enough for it to be that. I don't know. I think it's interesting how many things in the past we, we still don't know what the fuck they were. Like, wasn't there a disease around... When King Henry VIII was king, uh, what was it called? It was like a sleeping sickness or something like that. And we we still don't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you would know, especially if, like you said, like the bodies don't keep the Mm -hmm. evidence of it, you know? It's just interesting when things don't reoccur, you know? Oh my God, that's scary. Like, do you think, like, what if, if this was like... A bacteria or a virus to just die out, or is it still around? Has it like evolved somehow? I mean, if it is around, it's probably around in like smaller affected regions. I think a lot of things that we learn about from the past just don't reoccur because of improved sanitation. Yeah. Like people aren't drinking, you know, like filthy shit ridden water. Uh and things like that that's why like people in america and other places don't really get like cholera or dysentery anymore um but yeah it's intense it just shows that without you know antibiotics or like modern medicine we're so vulnerable like if there's a virus like we'll just die you know it's crazy to me to think and i this is the kind of thing i think about sometimes um when Europeans came over here, like, how few diseases there were in the Americas. hmm Because we weren't, like, it mentioned, I mentioned, like, zoonotic disease, not really a thing over here because we're not farming yeah. like that. And so, I don't know, it's just crazy to me. Because, like, they, I was reading about this and they couldn't even decide if they thought it came from the New World, if it was something from our side of the world. Like, they have no idea. Yeah, like, what the fuck was it? I want to know. I don't know. If it's still out there. It killed so many people. And like you said, it came back periodically. So did mm-hmm. it just stop coming back at some point? Like, Yeah, it said the last one, like, significantly anyway, it was 1813. So I wonder if people had just built up enough of an immunity to it by that point or something. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. like you it said, with, droughts. with the animals, I read this book, like Guns, Germs, and Steel, that talks about why basically white people took over the world. And one of the things they mentioned was what you said about how in the new world, people didn't have like cows and pigs and like chickens mm-hmm. and that they were always being exposed to and their germs and whatever. So mm-hmm. their immune systems were just different. Yeah. Like large scale, ab- ag- <laughs> large scale <laughs> agriculture had its downfalls. And one of them was definitely disease like sapiens, which is a book kind of like gum germs and steels, like mm-hmm. very similar. Um, talks a lot about that, how, like, the birth of agriculture had a lot of cool things, but, like, the downfall was you didn't live as long for a long time. Sapiens um, is a really cool title for a book, by the way. <laughs> it is. It's really, it's a good book. I'm, like, I'm listening to the audiobook, but I listen to it while I'm going to sleep, so it's very hit or miss what I retain. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, birth wow. of agriculture, a lot of cool stuff, but a lot of shitty stuff. 
What's really scary about that story is so many people died and we still have, like, no idea of, like, what the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, like, really not a way to figure it out. You just kind of guess around and unless it comes back. Yeah. I'm cool with no more hemorrhagic fever. Hemorrhagic fever freaks me out. I know. It freaked me out when I found out that, like, scurvy, when it goes really bad, basically mimics hemorrhagic fever. Ew, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And, like, you start bleeding from, like, your nail beds and stuff. Ugh. Yeah. It's gross. Well, I'm glad we live in a time where we have, like, sanitation and antibiotics. And Can I just say how happy I am that we have indoor plumbing? Yeah, that is, like... I mean, probably, like, the number one thing that has caused us to not have plagues anymore. <laughs> yeah, that and, like, sewer systems and stuff. Uh-huh. Whenever we talk about the Industrial Revolution, I always like to paint a picture for my students where I'm like, imagine you're in New York. You're walking down the street. Something <laughs> wet hits you. And you're like, Ew. what is that? And you look up. <laughs> what Someone's is just that? throwing their pee on you. <laughs> Ew. Can you, yeah. I can't wrap my head around the fact that that was like acceptable human behavior. Because like, what else would you do? I know, but it's just so wild to me that you could just be walking down the street and people's like feces could hit you. And that was yeah. just how life was. <laughs> I have a book. It's called, what is it? Like the Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval Europe. And it talks a lot about that. Oh and God, just like me. the smell we should, I think we mentioned an episode before, have an episode about medieval hygiene and just like hygiene throughout the ages, maybe. I would happily talk about this because <laughs> there are a lot of misnomers about hygiene. People in the Middle Ages were actually pretty clean. It's people in the Tudor era that were fucking disgusting. <laughs> As you know, this is one of my passions. Yeah. Let's, the ages. let's do a history of hygiene episode. I'm so down. I know that's like a passion of yours. It really is. Like, <laughs> if I, I've been talking a lot at like work about going back to school and eventually getting my PhD and like what would I want to talk about? And I think that's it. I think it's one of those things about history that makes it seem real to people, mm-hmm. the everyday stuff. And how long it took for people, like, for it to be. Every day. Like, my great-grandmother who lived with me when she was little had no plumbing in her home. That's crazy. Like, she'd be like, my brothers used to just, like, pee out the window in the middle of the night. Because, like, <laughs> that's just what you did. Yeah. For, like, a long, for, like, 99% of human history. Unless you're Roman. They had it figured yeah. out. Mm-hmm. I think in some Mesopotamian cities, they even, like, kind of had it figured out. We backtracked for a while there. <laughs> That's another thing we should talk about, how we, like, gain all this knowledge, and then we, like, go back. And it's, like, a cycle. Yeah. I feel like we're in wow. that part of the cycle where we're going back a little bit right now. Yes. Ten steps forward, seven back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting to talk about. More history. You know I love to talk about history. We can also talk about this topic over and over again because there's so uh-huh. much. There's my hamster's awake. <laughs> Snickerdoodle. All right. Well, we've been talking for a while. I guess we're done, huh? I guess so. Well, thanks for joining us. Come back. Subscribe. <laughs> review. Find me on TikTok. Yeah. All of the above. Do all the things. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, weird. (laughs)